Hi, welcome to Living Water Bible Fellowship's audio sermons. It's our prayer and hope that you'll be encouraged and uplifted by the preaching of God's Word. Stick around after the message to hear more about how to contact us. So we're going to be continuing on in the book of 1 Peter. Um, last week, Jerron started us off. He went through chapters, uh, the first chapter, verses 1 through 12. And today we're just going to do a short little bit, um, 13 through 16. So I'll read that, and then we'll um, start to break things down from there. So 1 Peter 1, 13. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Amen. Amen. Um, So the beginning of the passage I just read started off with the word, therefore, And uh, you may have heard this before, but a lot of people will say, as you're reading the Bible, whenever you see the word therefore, you need to ask, what is it there for? Um, And so let's let's take a look and think, okay, therefore, what came before this? Um, What did Jerron talk about last week? Um, So last week, Jerron led us through this letter, the beginning of the letter, where the recipients were reminded of their new life in Jesus and of their coming salvation where they will receive their inheritance as the children of God. Our inheritance as Christians is unshakable and is more valuable than anything we could be given on the earth, gold, silver, whatever it is. We share in Christ's inheritance, which is the whole universe, all of creation. We can't even begin to imagine what our glorious existence will be like in the new heavens and the new earth, where we will dwell with God. By the blood of Jesus, we have been rescued from death to life everlasting, life to the full, life as God intends it to be. Uh, So this is where we left off last week. We talked about our hope, um, our inheritance, our salvation in Jesus. Verse 13, um, then. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Because of the salvation we have, we are a people of hope and holiness who should live in reverent fear of God. Our whole lives should be marked by a devotion and worship of this God to whom we owe all things. So when we're called to be holy like God is holy, uh, this is not a call to legalism, um, to this is like following rules to try to get in the right place with God, trying to win God's favor or um, to get salvation points, something like that. Salvation is a free gift from God. There's nothing we can do to earn, to buy it, because Jesus has already paid it all for us. Amen. Yeah. We must simply confess and repent of our sins, turn, follow him, be baptized. This is what he's called us to do. So when we talk about being holy like God is holy in the following verses, it is out of an act of obedience and worship. It is our response to what Jesus has done, who we are in Jesus, that we are part of the family of God. 
Um, so as we think about all this as an act of worship, I think Romans 12, um, the beginning of that chapter, really sums this up well. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, and what is acceptable and perfect. Um, so our whole lives, everything we do, are to be a continual act of worship and obedience, transforming us more and more into the image of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, so this is another thing that's important to remember, that this obedience isn't something that we do alone. Jesus gave us his very spirit, the spirit of God, to be with us. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit for transformation and for ministry. We also, as um, people who are called to be the family of God, the body of Christ, the temple of the Holy Spirit, we have each other to build each other up, right? To encourage each other. We have the Holy Spirit and we have our fellow believers that are with us. We can sharpen each other as iron sharpens iron, like the book of Proverbs says. We encourage and equip each other in our walk with Jesus. So in verse 13, we are prepared to, called to prepare our minds for action. And um, Pastor Bo pointed out to me this week that this verse translated like very literally is to gird up the loins of your mind, which if you're like, what, what in the world does that mean? It basically... Um, Back in, the, in ancient Israel, um, during Jesus' time, men would have worn like a long, one-piece tunic-type thing. And when they were getting ready for action, so whether that was to work, to run, to fight, something like that, they take it and tie it up around here. And so that's what, <laughs> what Peter is calling us to, to gird up the loins of our mind. It's kind of a weird, weird image. Maybe a better way to think of it in a modern context is to roll up the sleeves <laughs> of your mind. Um, so we're getting ourselves mentally prepared, getting ourselves in the right place, and being self-controlled to focus ourselves completely on our hope, um, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, when he will make all things new. Uh, another good way maybe to think about what we do here is as an athlete prepares for um, a sport. So I uh, ran cross-country and track in high school and college, and you know when you're, when you're doing a sport, you have to get in the right place, right? You have to... Um, be in the right mindset, and you also have to um, be self-disciplined. So like when I was at a track meet and the shot putters are eating chili Fritos, I can't eat chili Fritos right before I have to run the two-mile. So that's not going to go good, right? I have to be self-disciplined. I have to be self-controlled. Then also um, I have to get in the right mindset, in the zone. A lot of people say something like that, um, where I am totally focused on my goal, which is to run the race as fast as I can. Um, and so just thinking about that we have to have self-control in the way that we live our lives, and we also have to focus ourselves, order ourselves around what our goal is. Um, and so this is the kind of discipline and focus that Peter is calling us Christians towards in our whole lives. We are called to reorder our entire lives to focus ourselves on the unshakable hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And in verse 14, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. 
So right off the bat, we see in there, we are recognized as God's children. We are called to um, lovingly do the will of our Heavenly Father. And uh, before we move on, just talk a little bit about uh, the idea of God as Father. Um, you know, we, all of us come from different places. We have different um, experiences with our fathers. Maybe it was really great. I have an amazing dad. Maybe it wasn't so good um, there. And if our, if our father is a great, was a good father or is a good father, then he reflects our Heavenly Father in a small way. But no matter what our experience with um, our father is like, our Heavenly Father is perfect in every way. He is loving in every way. He knows what is best for us. And so when we come at this, we need to remember that our Heavenly Father is perfect um, and His will for our life is so that we may flourish and follow Him who is perfectly good. Um, so we're called to not conform to the passions of our former ignorance. Um, so before we were part of the family of God, when we are separated from God, we were controlled by our desires and our passions. You know, think of eating the chili Fritos. The world, <laughs> um, we were conformed to the world and the passions of the world. But now we are part of God's family. We're no longer a part of the domain of darkness. We're no under, longer under the rule of sin. We're no longer slaves. We are children of light, as the Apostle John tells us. So because of our new birth, because of our coming inheritance, we shouldn't act or live in the ways or patterns of our fallen world. We are called to follow the will of our Father and to imitate him, to imitate Jesus, who perfectly followed his Father. And then verses 15 and 16 call us to be holy. Um, if we go and look at those real quick. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written... You shall be holy, for I am holy. Uh, and whenever I, whenever I read the, uh, these passages in the, in the Bible, it's, it's a little bit intimidating, i got to admit. Like, to be holy, like God is holy? God? <laughs> like him? Um, and so I, I think it's important for us to remember that we're not necessarily going to be perfect, right? We still sin. We still live in a world that has fallen. And um, even as believers, um, we still sin. But we are called to a life of obedience to perfectly try and follow the will of our Father who loves us and has called us to full life. Um, there. So let's take a second and let's just talk about what holiness is. Maybe take a little bit closer of a look at the word holiness, the idea of holiness. Um, we're not going to even get close to plumbing the depths of what holiness means. It's probably one of the most complex ideas in the Bible. Um, but let's just take a quick look at some different usage and ideas of it. So holiness is the only attribute of God that's used like three times in a row to describe him. If you uh, maybe know from Isaiah or the book of Revelations, it says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. Um, and that might also correlate even to that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God's nature is being three in one. He is holy, holy, holy. Holiness is a key um, part of who God is. And uh, I think something that's uh, holiness, a part of holiness that's really unique to God is the way that it speaks of his transcendence or his otherness or his uniqueness. Um, just meaning that there is nobody like God. Like we saying, there is no one like you. Um, he is the creator. He is eternal from before time imaginable. He has existed. He is all-powerful. He knows all things. Um, yeah, and he, is, he has these attributes that no 
everybody else has. And I think um, something that we could think of is really in the world there's one key distinction. There's creator, and then big line, and there's creation. And those line, that line cannot be crossed. God is himself. Nobody is like God. He is the creator. He is holy. He is perfect. Um, and we are the creation. And that's, there's a sense there that um, we can't be like God in that way because he is utterly unique. So we praise and fear God. Um, fear and, uh, you know, sometimes that has, it could have a negative connotation. It could also have a positive connotation as like utter respect, awe at the majesty. Um, but we praise and fear God because there is no other proper response to him who is holy, holy, holy. Uh, another aspect of holiness that we see, especially um, when we're talking about the people of God, so Israel in the Old Testament and the church uh, in First Peter here, when Peter's talking to the church, um, we see that um, holiness is to be set aside, set aside for something, um, set aside away from things that are evil, away from sin, but also set towards something that is good, that is righteous. Um, so followers of Jesus have been set aside to do the work of God for his purpose and his glory. We have, made, we have been made holy, too, um, in a positional way before God by the blood of Jesus. As 1 Corinthians 6.11 says, But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. So before God, because of Jesus' work, we are um, spiritually clean before him. When he looks, the Father looks at us, he sees the perfection of Jesus. Because of Jesus' atoning work on our behalf, we are clean before God. We are able to be in his presence, which we could never be um, in our fallen, sinful, rebellious state. Because he's perfect, because he's holy, because he cannot abide evil. Our sins, our failings are covered by the work of Jesus. Um, this is true of all who are in Christ, who follow Jesus, who call him their Lord and Savior, who are born again. So because of this standing we have before God, which um, just going back to this is a free gift. This is not something that we earn or that we work towards. It is a free gift of grace from God. It's a gift that we didn't deserve, um, but we are given it. We should live out a, a life of worship and gratitude to our loving Father, being obedient to the life he has called us to. Um, another aspect just of that set-apartness is being in a covenant. We are a people that are in a covenant with God, um, a special relationship, you might say, um, because of the character of our God that we are in a relationship with, we should reflect and mirror God. Um, he is our Father. We are part of his family. We want to follow our Father. So God has called us to live holy, just, moral lives. And that isn't just him wagging his finger at us saying, um, you better be good for goodness sake. I'm Santa Claus. I'm counting up your your bad things that you've done right, but it's an invitation to life. Um, God, who is our creator, who knit us together in our mother's womb, knows us better than we could ever know ourselves, knows what is truly good for us. And so the law of God, following God, being holy like God is holy, is a, is a call, an invitation to life to the fullest, even if our world doesn't think that's true. That's what this is. It's not a... Um, have to check off all the rules and do all the right things because we are already right before God. But as an act of worship and an act of love and um, 
as uh, just knowing that God has our best intentions in mind. This is why we want to be holy like God is holy. Jesus said that he gave, came to give us life, um, abundant life, life to the full. And so we are called to a fuller life in God's holiness and to a bigger vision of reality. Um, no matter what our current circumstances are, we have a hope that is unshakable in Jesus. And uh, we know that God, who is in control of all things ultimately, is on our side. As Christians, uh, we need to have a long-term vision not being stuck just in the here and now, although we need to be working for God's purposes and love um, where we're at, but we need to keep our eyes on our prize, like Peter had told us, you know, when we're running our race, our goal, keep our eyes on our coming um, inheritance and remember the salvation that Jesus has provided for us. So as Christians, we're not to be conformed to the ways of this world, but we are to live holy, upright lives that are an offering of worship to our faithful and our loving Father. When we live in this the way, uh, we live out the truth of the gospel, the truth of what we talked about, of our salvation, of who we are in Jesus. We reflect the reality of our status before God, and God is glorified. As Jesus says in Matthew 5, 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Uh, living holy lives that are characterized by love, um, doing right to others, justice, mercy, obedience to God, humility, peace, patience, kindness, all the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Uh, this is what we are called to as Christians. We are called to do these things so that God is glorified, so that people see the light that is within us. So as we talk about all these things, kind of holiness being an act of worship, being a, um, a part of our relationship with God, Let's ask ourselves, am I personally growing in holiness right now? Am I becoming more like Jesus? Is my whole life worship unto God? Is everything I do for God and his glory? Am I an obedient child to my perfect and loving Heavenly Father? Do I delight in God and what he has called me to do? Is my life a witness to God and the gospel? And are we going to where things are dark and shining the light and the love of God? So let's stop and let's ask ourselves, um, what things do I need to let go of that are of the fallen world and not of our Father? What are the things in our lives um, that we need to restructure, reorder, so that we are focused fully on our hope? Um, so you could think of a lot of things. I know like for so many people, it's so easy to just to fall in the trap of spending so much time, whether it's on online or watching um, you know, Netflix, TV, whatever it is there. Um, and while those aren't necessarily bad things on themselves, are we structuring our lives, spending our time that gives glory ultimately to God um, in all that we do? Or maybe um, it's materialism we've fallen into. We're always wanting new things and uh, never being satisfied by those things. Maybe that's a, a way that we need to restructure ourselves on Jesus. Uh, maybe it's being a workaholic um, that has no time for your family or for the, your hurting neighbors around you. Um, I know for me it's easy to just to want to keep on working and working. Maybe it's losing ourselves in um, drink or drugs instead of being filled with the Holy Spirit. 
and maybe it's some other addiction, to porn or to gambling, trying to fill a bottomless pit of desire um, that can only really be filled by our creator, the one who has made us. So I just ask um, this week that we would pray, that we would ask the Holy Spirit to show us an area where we need to grow in holiness, an area of our life where we can be more fully obedient to Christ and conformed to our Heavenly Father and not to the world. Um, Remember this week that we are a people who are set apart to do good, set apart to be away from evil and holiness, and we are called to point people to Jesus, Jesus who is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life, and let our lives in ever-increasing holiness, let's live our lives in ever-increasing holiness as we've been called to do. I think this, uh, this verse from later on in 1 Peter really encapsulates well what I've been talking about. If you'll turn to the second chapter of 1 Peter, verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So because of who we are, that we are the children of God, we have received mercy, we point to the excellencies, to the wonder of God, our Father, and tell people the gospel, tell people about our God and his great love. Let's pray together. God, may we set our minds on the hope that we have in you. May we order our lives in a way that gives you glory and that points people towards you, Jesus. May we remember the gospel and our glorious inheritance. May we grow in holiness and our love for you. And God's people said, amen. So uh, I did a really quick sermon today. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's not so long. Nothing like Jerron's, but I, I did that a little bit on purpose because I wanted to take a little bit of time, uh, not too much time, so don't get worried, um, where we can just pray for our nation, just with all the unrest, all the craziness going on right now. I just ask, I'm just going to give us a couple different prompts that we would pray through together. So um, I'll, I'll read this out loud and then ask that you guys pray on your own. Um, just petition before God. You know, God has called us to pray for our leaders, to pray for um, just the salvation of others, right? So let's, uh, let's pray together. Uh, first, just in regards to what we just talked about, um, let's pray that we would be a holy people who are set apart and who point others to Jesus, the light of the world, with our words, with our actions, with our whole lives. Let us not be conformed to the ways and the pattern of the fallen world, but rather live righteous lives that give glory to God. So pick up on something there. Let's, let's pray that we point people towards Jesus, that we be a people who are wholly set apart for God and his purposes. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Pray that we would be a people of peace and hope remembering that we are called to love our neighbors as ourselves. And pray that our country would turn towards Christ, away from the hollow and ensnaring ways of sin, wickedness, and death. May we um, see a great, a great turning of people towards Jesus and um, a great revival. Lord Jesus, 
Help us to, um, to focus on you and to do what you've called us to do. You've told us that if we love you, we will follow your commandments. Um, so please help us to be obedient children that order and structure our lives around you and um, your holiness, your goodness, your grace, Lord. May we be a light that shines to others in our community here in the San Luis Valley, God. We pray that um, as your as believers in you, as your people, that people would see our good works and that they would praise you, God. We pray um, also that we would not try to please you through legalism, God, that we'd not try to get brownie points with you, God, but we know that you are already, you've already said that we are holy before you, God, and we just want to live lives of obedience and worship to you, the holy, holy, holy Lord, God Almighty. We pray um, just for for everything that's going on, Lord, in our nation, God, we pray for peace, we pray for justice, we pray for healing of our land, God. May your kingdom come, may your will be done. God's people said, amen. So as we finish, let's stand and we're just going to read the Lord's Prayer together. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May you go in the grace and peace of Jesus. Thank you so much for listening. The gospel according to the Bible is that Jesus Christ, who was and is the eternal God, took on human flesh, was born of a virgin, died for our sins on the cross, and rose from the dead three days later. He then ascended to the Father's right hand, where he sits making intercession for his people, and right now he is establishing the kingdom of God on earth. You can enter into a saving relationship with God, by repenting of your sins and placing your full trust in Jesus' life, his death and resurrection on your behalf. In Christ, you will find forgiveness, acceptance, freedom, peace, hope, and a future. If you would like more information about Christianity or Living Water Bible Fellowship, visit our website at livingwateralamosa.org. God bless.